Well, if I had my way, we'd just turn this into a singing. That's how well I like it. Uh, Stephen Oldford said that if you can grasp the truth in some of those great hymns that we have sung tonight by Charles Wesley, Isaac Watts, and Fanny Crosby, that you'd have more of an understanding of the Bible than a seminary graduate. And I think that's true. And that's why I like these hymns and these old songs, because they're based on the Word of God, on the Bible. I love it. Let's take our Bibles, if you will, for a few moments uh, tonight and turn to the book of Genesis. Chapter number 12, verse number 5, and Abraham took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son. And all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And trying to emphasize this little phrase or two words, went and came, the goings and comings, not only of Abraham and Lot's life, but it's true for all of us. The Bible talks about David and how he went and came. It talks about Jonah, how he went and came. It talks about the children of Israel and the wandering in the wilderness, how they went and came, talked about Ruth and how she went and came, and of course spoke about Christ and his sojourn on this earth, how that he came from heaven and then he went back to heaven. That's what life's all about from dust to dust. It's the goings and comings. I've said that that's not bad. It just depends on where you're going and where you're coming from. I'm going to read a few more verses, but I want to emphasize this matter of the goings and comings of Lot and Abraham and the view along the way, the sights that they are privileged to see. And in that, the blessing of the journey is that God blessed this body with eyes to be able to perceive and view the things around you as you pursue your journey. And I, for one, am glad for eyesight. Can I get an amen? I'm glad I could see my wife before I married her. I knew what she looked like. Hallelujah. But many places that the Lord has allowed us to travel, we've been able to see some beautiful sights, as I'm sure that you have, and we could all enumerate them, whether they're the Grand Canyon or the Niagara Falls 
and on and on that we could go. Thank God for being able to see some things. And I noticed that Abraham and Lot are privileged to see some things as they journey. Look, if you will, with me in chapter 13. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, verse 1, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. Verse 3, and he went on his journeys from the south to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at first. Verse 5. And Lot also went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. The land was not able to bear them. Verse 7, there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle, the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. Verse 8, Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, the view along the way, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. And Lot chose him all the plain of the journey uh, of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one for the, uh, from the other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now that's what Lot saw. Let's see what Abram saw. Verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, westward, eastward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it thee. And Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. I have one last verse that I want to read to you. Luke chapter 17, verse 28. 29, 30. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went, 
out of Sodom. It rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. As I say, thank God for the ability to see the blessing of it. But yet at the same time, it is one of those instruments through which we can be heavily tempted, the lust of the eye. So we must be careful and cautious as we travel in the goings and comings and went and came about the views along the way. Because it is possible that your vision could get cloudy. Your focus blurred. Sometimes your perception may be little more than deception. You could have tunnel vision, or it might be an optical illusion. Truth of the matter is, and we're going to zero in on Lot, and we'll bring Abraham into the picture, that if Lot is going to make this humongous, life-changing, altering decision, from a view along the way as he's traveling to and fro. Should he have not, should he have not taken some caution in doing so? I want to emphasize four things about this choice because of the view along the way. And boy, haven't we seen a lot of things as we've traveled through life. Some of them have been so glorious and beautiful, but some of them brought with them a curse and judgment. So we have to be careful. So let me mention these things, if you will. I want to say to you from the text that I have read that if Lot is going to make this choice based upon what he saw, and I'm emphasizing this especially for the young people. What a blessed thing it has been these services to see all the youth that are here and seem to be enjoying being here. But I would say to you as I, I, I think about Lot, if he's going to make this life-changing decision based upon what he saw, should he not have should he not have tried to see what the Lord saw first? Should he have not wanted to view things from the Lord's eyes and wondered what God was seeing as he looked in the same direction? He should have seen, before he made this decision, he should have first of all seen what God saw. And of course, we understand that God sees perfectly. He sees completely. He sees judiciously. He understands it all because he knows it all. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Jeremiah said, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. God sees everything 
just like it is. And the question would be asked, well, how in the world can a human, how in the world can a man like Lot with human eyes and perspective be able to see from a divine elevation? I think it's very simple. When we look into the scriptures, we find that there was a word about this place. Before he ever made his decision, the scripture told us in verse 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked sinners before the Lord. Now he didn't have a King James Bible. He didn't have something he could open up his pages and see what God had said. But yet, God knew about that place. There was a word. There was a word because that word is pinned down and written here. As to how God saw Sodom and Gomorrah, how he felt about it. Wouldn't it have been wonderful if he had got along with God and said, Lord, I'm, I'm thinking about making a big decision. It's going to involve my whole family and my future, everything. And I was just wondering, how do you see that? What do you think about what I'm fixing to do? And see it as God's. Don't you want to see things as God sees them? See them and be able to look upon them as God looks upon them. There is a word for that place. Aren't you glad we got a word that tells us exactly how God sees things? Oh, young people, you got a book. You got a book. And how vital and important this book is along the journey of going and coming. Because you're going to see so much that's going to lure you. So much it's going to have attraction to it. So much it's going to leave a question mark. It's good to hide the word of God in your heart. So you'll be able to see through God's eyes. Though you are looking in this world, you'll be able to see it, thank God, from another world. And I'm glad for the last 55 years, I've had God's eyes (laughs) given to me in his word. He's got a word. For most things you're looking at, he's got a word about that. Don't blindly walk off into something. Find out what his word is says. But I notice he's got a way also. Two times the scripture mentions this matter of Abraham's altar that he has. It closes out there in verse number 18. It said he built an altar there. In other words, a place of worship. Times of which you can let God speak to you and then times of which You can get along with God and speak to him. So that in those quiet hours, somewhere upon your knees, you can wait upon him. So that he can direct you in your choices, in your moves, in your desires. That he can correct your vision. (laughs) He can correct your vision. And aren't you glad he can? 
He can adjust your eyes in what you're seeing so you can wake up and say, oh, hold it. I'm not going anywhere because I now see. God has spoken to me and I have spoken to him and he has shown me what his will is for my life. Aren't you glad you can see and know God's will for your life? He should have seen things like God saw them. I like what the psalmist said when he was so confused about what he was seeing. And he said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood therein. This word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to the word of God. Thank God we have a way of knowing and understanding in the decisions of life along the way. And there's so many of them on so many levels. But find out how God's looking at it. And be able to be assured at your heart when you lay down at night. <laughs> I know what I'm doing is right. Because this is God's way. If he's going to make this move, the long life's journey and the goings and comings, you should see it the way God sees it. But secondly, in our text, and I want to pull Uncle Abraham into it, if he's going to make this move based upon what he saw as he was looking out over that valley, He not only should have seen what God saw. (laughs) Hey, young people, you can see it like God sees it. Whoa, see it like God sees it. He should have not only seen it like God saw it, he should have seen it like his uncle Abraham saw it. (laughs) He's been living with his uncle for several years now. He has been around when God has made promises to him. When God has come and Abraham, who was called the friend of God, has walked with him. As a matter of fact, everything that Lot is is because really of Abraham's relationship to God. He witnessed that. All that he has is because of that. Why should he not go to this saint of a man? this hero of the faith, this father of the faith, and say, Uncle Abe, (laughs) I'm having trouble about a decision in my life, and I know that it's going to be life-changing when I make it, and I was just wondering, could we sit down and talk a while and pray a while, and could I get your insight on what I'm seeing? I see well-watered plains. I see good places for cattle. I think it'd be all right for my young'uns out there. But Uncle Abe, I want to know what your input is. I got confidence in your relationship with God. Now, I'm sure that Uncle Abe didn't know anything anymore about Sodom and Gomorrah at this point in time than what Lot did. He's not been there. 
There's been no encounter up to this point. But Abraham had some principles that he could share with his young nephew. He had some things that he could say unto him that would help him along the journey. Abraham's not a know-it-all. You don't have to have an answer for everything somebody asks you. But it could be that you've had some time with the Lord, some principles that you live by that might help them in the decision that they're going to have to make. And though he's never been there, I think there's two or three things that Uncle Abe said, said, son, sit down here, let me talk to you about that. I don't know, I can't tell you. I can't tell you whether you should go or not. But the first thing I want to ask you is, is, who pointed that out to you? Who brought that to your attention? <laughs> who was it that caused you to focus? What caused you to focus in that direction? Did you notice I read purposefully there how God calls Abraham in verse number 14? And he said, Abe, now it's time for you to look at some things. <laughs> Lot's been looking. I want you to look. <laughs> he said, I want you to look to the east and the west and the north and the south. And everything you see, Lot, I mean, Abraham, everything you see is yours. Look at it, boy. Look at it. It's yours. Uncle Abe could have said to Lot, now Lot, I'm going to ask you something. Did God point that out? Did God reveal that to you? If he didn't, I wouldn't touch it. Huh? <laughs> if it ain't got no word in it, if it ain't got no Holy Ghost in it, if it ain't got no God in it, get away from it. I don't care how tall he is. I don't care how handsome he is. I don't care how beautiful she is. I don't care how much money they're going to make you on that job. I don't care where it's at. I want you to know if there ain't no God pointing that out to you, if the Holy Ghost didn't show that to you, stay away from it. Hey, Lord, don't go, boy. Aren't you glad for the things that God Almighty has come to you through his word and through his spirit and said, hey, here's what I want to give you. <laughs> what? You're talking about turning a light on. You're talking about a revelation. You're talking about God showing you something along the journey. You wake up and say, wow, did you see that? Yeah. I was... In my teens, ladder, Bible College, Greenville, South Carolina, a school put together really for pastors that were already pastoring and they could go at school at night. They didn't have, couldn't during the day. But I felt led to go there also because of a tape that Brother Jim let me listen to as I was graduating. And um, I was enjoying that. I wasn't thinking about dating. Well, nothing on my mind. Long, I mean, I was just down there with them older preachers that knew the places to go where there was good camp meetings and preaching. I was just riding around with them. One night I was in my room and there was a man, young man my age that had moved from the mountains of North Carolina to go to school at Tabernacle. 
had nowhere to stay, and so he came and stayed with me. We boarded together, paid the bills together. And been that long, one day I was studying, and he came to my room, and he said, I got, I, I got a letter. Can I read it to you? It's a Dear John letter. I said, well, who's John? He said, no, my girlfriend's breaking up with me. I said, oh, really? I, I don't know if I want to hear that or not. I said, well, go ahead. And he began to read that letter. And in that letter, she told him how that she wanted God to use him, wanted God to use her. Long story short was she was breaking up with him. <laughs> but did it in a right way, with a right spirit. And the more he read, the more I liked. He got done reading. I said, you got a picture of her? <laughs> now, he wasn't too intelligent. He went and got the picture. <laughs> I still have the picture. Now, I'm telling you now, I ain't no Benny the Hen or anything like that. But I'm going to tell you something. He brought that picture out. He handed me that picture. And the Holy Ghost spoke just as clear and vivid said, that's your wife. I said, what? <laughs> that's your wife. I didn't tell him. I looked over top of the picture and I said, when's the next time you're going home? <laughs> he said, two weeks. He'd been trying to get me to go up there and I didn't have no reason to go, never been there. I said, I think I'll go with you. <laughs> I went to the mountains, Spruce Pine area, North Carolina, to that little old church where that young lady was playing the piano when I walked through the door. Don't ask me what they preached. Don't ask me what they sang. I just went to see what God had showed me and it looked mighty good. <laughs> and you say, well, why'd you marry her? God pointed her out. Let God point out some things in your life and you'll never be sorry for it. Wait on him to say, look at that. Looky, looky, looky. Ain't a day in my life I've ever felt bad looking at her. The Holy Ghost said, look again, son, look again. <laughs> and he sh should have said, Uncle Abe, how, how did he said, well, who pointed that out to you? And the second principle he might have said or he might have asked is, who owns that down there? Who's that belong to? Well, I want to ask you something, Lord. Has God give you a promise about that? He give you a deed for that? Well, no, I know. I know I, I, the, he said, I wouldn't go nowhere that I didn't have a promise. I'd have to have a deed in hand by God Almighty before I'd make a move like that. I wouldn't go just winging it. Abram had a title deed to everything. God showed him. It's yours. <laughs> Don't you like that? Oh, I love it when God gives you. He not only shows you something, but he shows you so he can give it to you. But I think the third principle would be this. I, 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 hey, Lot, let me ask you something. You think the Lord would feel at home down there? Is he going with you? Are you sure the Lord will travel with you as you go there? 
because I ain't going anywhere. He's not going with me. Hey, you don't just have to stumble off into something that you see that makes you feel good and wonder if it's good for you or not. You can get a hold of God or you can get a hold of somebody. You know a grandma, you know a grandpa, you know an old time preacher, you got a preacher friend or you got a friend or you got somebody that knows God. Snuggle up close and say, hey, I'm looking at something. How do you... See it! If he's going to make this decision based upon sight along the journeys and the many sights, oh, he ought to have seen it like God saw it, and he ought to have seen it like Uncle Abe saw it. (laughs) You're going to have to make that decision. Make sure you see it like God sees it, and like the saints see it. But thirdly, I would say to you that if he's going to in, in his went and came, goings and come, is going to make this decision based upon what he sees. He not only ought to have seen it like God sees it and like Uncle Abraham saw it, but I think that he ought to have seen it like Sodom saw it. Wouldn't it have been all right if he'd have got some of his servants together and said, hey, listen, you see that place down there in the veil? I'm pondering that. I'm thinking about that. And uh, so what I want you to do is I want you to make a journey. I want you to head down there and see what that is all about. Inquiring about this place. Get him some info from a distance. Seeing it as Sodom saw it. We know how Sodom saw things. They saw things through wicked eyes, ungodly eyes, immoral eyes, corrupt eyes lustful eyes, consuming eyes, and destructive eyes. These are people who see things in the darkness of their lives. And had they went down there investigating, asking, and talking, some of the questions they might ask is, is, who's your favorite preacher down here? <laughs> Could have said, uh, the reason why I'm down here is I'm looking at it for a good place to serve God. <laughs> hey, I was wondering, do y'all have a church around here where they preach Jehovah and Elohim and God as creator? Do y'all, do y'all, do y'all, do y'all have, do y'all, do y'all believe, do y'all, do y'all have, can I tell you about my uncle Abraham and the faith he has and he walks with God? They wouldn't have been there long but what they had stopped them and said, hey, listen, you can, you know, that is not even legal to talk about that around here. We'll have you put in jail. We don't have any of that and we don't want any of that. And they could have run back to Lot and said, Lot, we, of all places, we don't want to, you cannot go there. It is wicked. Right. Yeah. 
They saw angels as men. They saw saints as sinners and sinners as saints. They saw right, wrong, and wrong, right. They saw good as bad and bad as good. Lord should have realized by first inquiring and looking into it as to how, how Sodom saw things. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. It won't, it won't take you long when you begin to inquire to find out how folks see things. And I'm going to tell you something. In Washington right now, it's about as close as you can get to Sodom and Gomorrah. Very wicked and very vicious. But I'm glad to report to you, I don't see, pardon the grammar, Nothing like Washington sees it. <laughs> There's nothing that they see that I see like they do. I don't want to be a part of that. So Lord, all he's got to do, all he's got to do, listen to me. If he's going to make this choice, make it based upon sight. He needs to see things like God saw them. He needs to see things like Uncle Abraham. He needs to see things like Sodom saw. Look at it through the lens of this world, and you will understand where the trouble is. But I want to say to you, Lassie, if he's going to make, if he's going to move, if he's going to invest his time, his family, his money, his cattle, his whole life, and his future, based upon something that he looked at, I think, first of all, he ought to saw things like Lot was seeing them. You see, He's looking with his eyes telescopically far off, judging everything in the distance. But what he needs to do is get in a mirror and turn his eyes inward microscopically and find out what's in here. Because how you see things in here is how you're going to see things out there. And while he is viewing in that mirror, he could ask himself, is what I'm seeing keeping me from seeing what I need to see? Because on the inside, it seems like that he is blind to what really he ought to see and what is going on. He should have asked himself and said, Lord, what am I missing? Is there something here that I need to see that I'm not able to see? Hey, I say to you, child of God, what is it? What is it? Let us ask ourselves, what is it that is keeping us from seeing what we ought to see? Because... It's introspectively. Now there's some things that if he had a seen on the inside, it would have made him see right on the outside. I picked up with that 
in the text. When Abraham says to him, Lot, our herdsman's not getting along. I got no problem with you. You got no problem with me. So what we need to do is split up. But I'm going to let you make the choice. And it is here that Lot has the audacity to make the first choice. Immediately the Bible said, Lot lifted up his eyes. He made the choice. It speaks to me of the pride and arrogancy, a lack of humility. As I've already said, everything that he is and has is because of his uncle Abraham and his connection to God. If his heart was right, I think here's what it is said. He said, Uncle Abe, now listen, everything I have and I got is because of you. And I'm not going to make this decision and this choice. I'm going to let you go first. And whatever you take will be fine with me and I will take what's left over. I promise you, if you make a choice in humility, it'll have the right look to it, the heavenly look to it. As Jesus came in humility and became a servant. But can I say to you young people, if there's no humility in your heart, in the choices that you make like the prodigal son did standing on the front porch, doing all the talking to his father and demanding of his father's living, you're in trouble. I don't care where you're going. Nowhere is going to be good. But oh, I'm going to tell you something. If you'll humble yourself before your parents and you will humble yourself to the word of God, you'll humble yourself to the things of God. God will leave you with something That'll be right. And it'll not only look good, but thank God, it will be God. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying? He hadn't looked. It's from the inside out. He hadn't looked in to see with the perspective of humility. He's got pride and arrogance. But I'm going to tell you something else he doesn't see is his privileges. Somehow he thinks he's going to be able to take what he got up here with God and Uncle Abraham and go down there and bring it all and it's all going to fare right. It's all going to increase. Everything's going to be okay. He doesn't realize all that God has blessed him with because of where he has been. The privileges that are ours in Christ. Have you thought about that? As I've said in the 55 years of knowing Christ and walking with Christ, everything that I've got out of that looks good. (laughs) Can I say that again? Everything I've gotten that Christ has sent my way looks good. Is good. Feels good. It's good. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Huh? He's good. But why under God's heaven should I get fickle and get to looking off into some far country that I know nothing about and take a chance with all of the bounties and blessings and privileges that are a part of my life? Why would I want to take a chance and walk away from that? 
I need to see. He needs to stand before a mirror and say, Oh, Lord, what is it that you're seeing that's keeping you from seeing what you ought to see? Something's wrong inside of him that has affected his vision and sort of blinded him along the way. Now, I would emphasize it this way. If if you're going to make that decision along life's journey based upon what you see... You need to see what God sees. You need to see what a saint sees that you know. You need to see how this old world sees it. And you need to see really if what you're seeing is what you need to see. Because here's the truth of the matter. I'll wrap it up with this. Goings and comings of life and the view along the way. What you don't want to do, you don't want to be like Lot and have invested your whole world in this one move that you saw without asking God, without caring about Uncle Abe, without without wondering what's going on and without checking your own heart, just plunged off into it. This could happen for any of us. But you don't want, you don't want to end up down here where Lot is. After making that life-changing move. You don't want to get there. You don't want to, I don't care where that's at. You don't want to get there. Young lady, you don't want to get there with that young man. You, young man, you don't want to get there with that young lady. Sir, you don't want to get there with that movement. Get there. You don't want to get there. Wherever there is, you don't want to get there. And have to say, as Lot had to say, you know what? It ain't looking like what I thought I saw. Oh. It ain't looking like what I thought I saw. Now, Mama tried to tell you, and you couldn't see it. Daddy tried to tell you, the preacher tried to tell you, the Word of God, Holy Ghost tried to show you, you couldn't see it. And now you're there. And how many people are there, wherever there is? And they're saying, it just don't look like anything, like I thought that I saw it. A lot of people living in that right now. It ain't looking good. But let me say this. What a blessing. To see things as they ought to be seen in Christ. Now look at me. And after, and I say this, listen to what I'm telling you. And after 55 years in Christ, I'm going to tell you this wholeheartedly. It's still looking just like what I thought I saw. Still looking just like what I thought I saw. (laughs) When I look into the eyes of that wife that I've been married to for 48, it's still looking like what I thought I saw. 
the things that I visioned out of what he's shown me. When I hold them grand youngins, and now when I get to go back and hold that great grand young, I tell you, it's looking pretty good from here. When I look around and see all the blessings of God, spiritually and physically and monetarily and every other way in which he has blessed me in all of these years, I'm going to tell you, it looks pretty good. Now, I ain't going to tell you there's no bumps along the way. We know Abraham had them. I'm not going to tell you there's no troubles and trials along the way. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you something. When he is holding that little Isaac... He is saying, boy, mama, don't it look good? Don't it look good? Don't it look good? Let the Holy Ghost show you things. Let the Word of God show you things. Let the truth that comes in these songs and from the, 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 the teachers and preachers of the Word of God, let them be the one. Let that. Let that. Be your vision. And I promise you, you'll never be sorry. Never met a man or a woman who looked at things through God's eyes that no matter how long they lived, that they said, well, I'm sorry. I made the move based upon what God told me to do. <laughs> I'm glad God has eyes. I'm glad his people can see. I'm glad his word shows us so much and the Holy Ghost reveals. In the goings and comings of life, there'll be those views along the way. You just make sure you see them as they need to be seen.